Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I really hope this review doesn't drag on. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Reign of Fire, which released in 2002. From writers Greg Chabot, Kevin Paterka and Matt Greenberg and directed by Rob Bowman. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Christian Bale's character, Quinn. He has been growing up in a post-apocalyptic United Kingdom, which has been taken over by waves and waves of dragons. Quinn, along with his friend Creedy, played by Jared Butler, have housed up all their survivors into a castle. And while they are trying to survive hiding from the dragons, we see Matthew McConaughey come across the horizon with his army, his tank, his helicopters and his desire to destroy the dragons once and for all. But in the failing light they can't focus. Magical. I remember when this film came out, I was pretty excited for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of post-apocalyptic movies and one featuring dragons. Mm. I thought, well, I've never seen this before. Uh, and then subsequently after seeing this film, time has not been too kind to it. No. It seems like a lot of people have forgotten this film. It's been overlooked. And considering it has like rising stars, Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd expect this film to have had a bit more of a legacy or more, uh, more surrounding it. But it seems to be one of those now that's critically underrated i would say yeah 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 i like you said i remember it coming out as well being massively excited and then it just fell under the radar you know the movie was kind of panned at the box office it even had a video game yeah which came out yeah. on the xbox and playstation 2 but even the video game just couldn't translate this idea of dragons and humans living or in this post-apocalyptic world fighting against each other and I even said to Gary before we turned the camera on, this is like the seventh or eighth time I've watched this movie. And for the seventh or eighth time, I f can't get through the end. Oh. Like, it gets halfway through the movie and the bottom just kind of drops out of the movie and I kind of start getting bored. I get, I get a bit distracted. I might even pa pass out fall asleep towards the end. Well, you know? that's it. Because I think the film opens really strongly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where we have a young Quinn... Abercrombie, yeah, uh, who's with his mum, the Borg Queen, the Borg Queen, yeah, as they're, as they're drilling down in the bowels of London somewhere, and they open up this cavern somewhere, and young Quinn's wandering around in there, and he gets spat in the face by some giant lizard we don't really see, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then we see some other construction workers, you know, disappear into into fireballs <laughs> yeah, as yeah. everyone starts panicking and running, and they get into the elevator, and they're they're shooting up, and we see this. Beast yes. emerged from the smoke and the fire as it crushes the elevator as it's making its escape as young Quinn loses his mother. Before we go to the, the, the titles and the credits. Yeah, yeah. And this really, really good montage of newspaper clippings, news reports, basically establishing the world that we now are going to be inhabiting yeah. 12 years from this event in the year now, 2020. Yeah. But I thought it was a really, really strong opening. It it sets everything up. It gets you in the mood to then be in this world. But then the post-apocalyptic universe is pretty dour. It's pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah. And everything is covered in ash. And so this visual, this gray visual we have here yeah. is pretty much it. For the entire runtime, bar in mind, you know, some explosions which light things up here and there. Yeah, that's it. With with this film, like like Gary said, the acting quality is really, really well done. You know, like 
the director, Rob Bowman, he'd done the X-Files film. Yeah. You know, which has got some quite good visuals. And then he'd go on to do Electra in 2005. Mm. Which... Mm. Um, but the idea behind this movie, like, I kind of feel like the keep with this film. Like, it's got like a really good idea and it's got some really good acting in it. But some of the visuals really let it down. The editing seems to, you know, get left to the wayside at some point. And so, like I said, we've had this really great opening, which has set up this idea that this dragon has come out and, and they've taken over the rest of the world. Then we get our montage, which if you're shoving a montage at the beginning of your film to explain what people really want to see... I, I, I admit, it does feel like the spectacle of... But that's like a disaster movie where all the dragons are destroying everything. This is the post-apocalypse, so we have to move beyond that but, for where this film story wants to be. Right, I get that. But I also want to say, like, on the poster of this movie, yeah. there's a dragon fighting a fucking Black Hawk Apache helicopter, right, in combat. You don't ever see a helicopter in combat. Well, that's just marketing, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I mean, if you ever mention Rain of Fire to, to somebody, the first thing they probably think of is Matthew McConaughey with an axe <laughs> yeah, launching himself through the air. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I need to see that. But the, this, this with, with Christian Bell, I mean, Christian Bell, pre-Batman, pre-Machinist, you know, he's working his craft here. And like I said, much like with The Keep, with their great actors, Christian Bell is holding together this whole script. His character, Quinn, has grown up. Um, he's been living with the post-traumatic stress that his mum died and uh, he may have inadvertently been the culprit for unleashing the dragon on the world. <laughs> he might blame himself, but in the reality, is it's not his fault. Like, no. if, if, you know, I mean, they were very close to where the dragon was. It almost feels like the dragons were going to come out at some point anyway. True, true. But he did go in the hole and kind of look at it and then came back out. True, yeah. <laughs> and and you've got Creedy, Gerard Butler, uh, pre-Spartacus, pre-six-pack uh, Gerard Butler, you know, and they they do set up this survivor camp really, really well. You know, they've they've got their pipe work set up with fresh water or um, what, like an extinguisher system so that they can, if they're ever attacked by dragons. They've got like a prayer system set up with the kids. So the kids are all well educated. They even teach them uh, like Star Wars in movie form, but acting. That's a really great scene, actually. Great, yeah. And uh, I love the fact that he claims ownership of creating the story. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Bit of trivia here for you is uh, obviously we're talking about dragons. Yeah. And uh, one of the most popular TV shows would be Game of Thrones featuring dragons. And yes. They have a young Game of Thrones star right here. <laughs> it's Jack Gleason. Nice. <laughs> I, I mean, I like how they've got also, they've got like the the uh, outpost uh, watchman with the hawk. You yes. Know. I love the tech. Obviously, it's all very yeah. retro tech. So having the hawk as their, their eyes and ears yeah. to, to scout for dragons coming, I thought that that was great. That was that was neat. Yeah, because they, they've set up this whole, like, time has passed. You know, they haven't seen any real other survivors for a long time. They've lost contact with other outposts around the, the city. You know, and... Quinn himself is fighting with other members of the community who are starving. You know, they want to go out to the fields that they've made uh, and harvest the food. But Quinn has explained to them, look, they need, we need the... They're not ripe. We need them to harvest so we can have produce the year after as well and not yeah. just eat it all now. Yeah. And, and this is all great. But it's like Gary and I both agreed um, before we started filming is that the one thing this film is missing is the fucking dragons. 
Well, yeah, well, it's funny you should say that, because when we get to this farm sequence, we get the warning that there's a dragon nearby, and we get one of, if not my favourite shot in the entire film, and that's when the dude is running through the tomato fields, and yeah. the dragon swoops in behind the giant fireball, and we know from the prayer, like, you, you never look back. Yeah. This poor bastard, he didn't need to, because he just got swept up as the dragon flies right over after devouring him, and I was like, that's a great shot. Yeah. And it's really the first time we get to see the dragons, like, up close. Now, we had the dragon shot earlier when it climbed out of, you know, the crane shaft. Yeah, yeah. And from, you know, when it's in the wide shot and we see the whole thing, I'm like, that looks really good. Yeah. But then we get that unfortunate close-up of the dragon's scales and its eye as it's looking at Quinn through the, 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 the... the elevator railings yeah yeah and i'm just like Ugh! like the cgi there is atrociously bad now like over 20 years later yeah yeah but i do think the wide shots of the dragons look fantastic yeah they they, they do because they really work well that you're seeing the practical effects you know in the foreground like with the trucks the yeah f- and the, uh, you know they've got all these water trucks they've got fire protective suits and everything and you've just got this dragon looming there and I love that, but then the movie goes, no, now we're going to move away from the dragon and go back to the human drama. And I'm like, ah, I'm so sick and tired of human drama. (laughs) I want them to be fighting dragons because they even say like, oh, the dragon doesn't want us. It wants to burn the field so it can eat the ash. You know, the film doesn't go into the details of why the dragons do that. That's that's all I'm saying. The movie doesn't go into the in-depth. It doesn't go into the science, even when... Even when Matthew McConaughey turns up, he's an experienced dragon killer and he's got like two experiences underneath his belt that really don't actually help us at all (laughs) in any of the situations. But it's once they get back to the camp, like we said, you know, uh, Gerard Butler and and, uh, Christian Bale, you know, they're, they're confronting this fact that they are possibly the last survivors. That they could die at any point. Are they struggling? You know, Christian Bale's questioning, like, why are we doing this all the time? Um, but that's why when Matthew McConaughey turns up with his uh, Van Zandt character, like, he was always really good, wasn't he? Yeah, Matthew McConaughey's always good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think he excels uh, in this yeah. role as well. When he turns up, he has such gravitas, such presence, and it's such a shake-up for the film as well. Like, everybody's nervous of him. It's because he's turned up with a convoy. Yeah. They're military, or they're, well, they were military. I think they were the, the Kentucky... Uh, the uh, Kentucky Irregulars. Irregulars, that's them. right, yeah. yeah. Um, which I think in America they were known for hunting. Um, so it kind of, I don't know whether it's a in-joke or it's, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but it's uh, really but... confusing about how they would get there. So like, did yeah, they right. fly from America to the UK or did they come from Europe to the UK? Because we know that they they landed at Manchester and he lost yeah. 110 men. Right, I'm guessing it was uh, a, yeah, a force sent to go and, I guess the, the, uh, the Americans figured out that there was a, a King Daddy Dragon. Yeah. The, the one male that has... You know, colonized, like, made this entire army of dragons, <laughs> yeah. all these females. Yeah. It's like Jurassic Park, aren't they? Yeah, like. <laughs> um, nature found a way. So, this one dragon has populated the entire planet of dragons now. Uh, but they've they've been sent here to go and bring him down. And he's lost so many men, he needs to recruit as many men as he can to go to London and kill the king dragon. Wait, I'm sorry. I just totally dawned on me. I don't know why I've never ever thought of this. When the big King Daddy dragon came out of the ground, yeah, who did he impregnate to make more dragons? The um, there weren't any other dragons um, around. Was there? They were. Um, he just they just uh, appeared. Um, well, I mean, and then he just started having sex with them to make more. The thing is, they also mentioned in the film, right, that the females will lay eggs and the male will seed the eggs. 
Yeah, when they kill a dragon, yeah. um, yeah, Quinn inside. pulls an egg out from inside her. So yeah. I'm like, well, how does that work then? Like, I'm... Plot hole? Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. There's a lot of <laughs> drama yeah. now that they're back at the camp. And it's, you know, it's Quinn uh, and Van Sant who are constantly, you know, a clash of egos. One wants to hunker down, protect and hide. The other one wants to rally, fight and win. Yeah. And uh, it's the clash of I- ideas as to how best to preserve humanity. And it's, you know, Quinn is already basically contemplating the food futility of survival in this place anyway yeah um and so of course he uh he understands van sant because he has an amazing sequence where he talks to quinn about how he has killed a dragon yeah and he talks about the magic hour so that there is a fighting chance that between between the sun setting there's that one hour where the dragon's visibility is so bad that they can't see you and that's when you strike but his whole scene, it obviously it sounds very like uh, Quint yeah. from from Jaws, the yeah, way yeah, he talks yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and he delivers the lines with such intensity, you really believe it. Yeah. Now, behind the scenes, I don't know if this is true, but Matthew McConaughey was a bit of a Dick. method actor. Oh, right, right, Now, right. I'm just like, well, that's funny, because Christian Bale, as we know, is, <laughs> is like a method king actor. method actor. Now, yeah. Christian Bale, originally, when he read the script, was like, all right, it's post-apocalyptic, we're, 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 there's no food, there's no no clean water, yeah. so I'm going to emaciate myself. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to I'm gonna become the machinist now, yeah, yeah. Like, ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and the studio were just like, no, 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 you don't need to, you don't need to do that, you'll, you'll be fine. Uh, but then when he saw Matthew McConaughey be cast, and Matthew McConaughey's fucking hench Bale was just like yeah scrap that I'm gonna beef up too just so that when the two of them have their fist fight you know it's not completely one sided you'd be like this wafer thin man would have been destroyed see I wondered that because there's a sequence at the beginning where Christian Bale's digging and he's got his top off and he's got himself in shape and I'm like yeah, he knew Post-apocalyptic- there was going to be topless shots. Post-apocalyptic but he, it was to combat Matthew McConaughey's yeah, yeah. butchness. Now, apparently, of course, both method actors in that fight scene. Yeah. Apparently, a few of those punches were real punches, they, and they two of them went at it. I'm they, like, yeah, I'm not surprised. They did. With these two. Because this is what I'm saying. With with production on this film as well, I, I don't think it went too well. You know, it, there's no major background drama no, like with no, the keep no. but you can also tell that like we said we've got a, a method actor in McConaughey a method actor in Bale you know Gerard Butler is probably looking at them going well if I want to become a good actor in the future I'm going to have to be <laughs> on their fucking level you know they're working outside in you know Northumberland in all this dirt and all this grit well, they, they filmed in Ireland or in Ireland you know they're not seeing dragons they're having to you know pretend uh, yeah they're having to pretend Act. which Oh. <laughs> which means acting twice as much and then obviously the developers are coming in or the producers are coming in after and putting the dragons in which as Gary has said you know doesn't look that great so the special effects guys didn't have as much time to make it as tight as it should have been so instead you've got this all this whole storyline going with Christian Bale battling against Van San Van San's you know there's even a point where like when they first meet Van San's actually being really quite nice you know because he wants Christian Bale on his side. And Christian Bale is just like, no, no, no. You're you're totally evil. You're going to get my people killed. So Fantan's like, right, okay. We're going to go capture this dragon. I love the line he says. We're like, we can do this the easy way or the real easy way. <laughs> the real He's just easy like, way. Oh, yeah. like, I've got a tank. I could just blow open your fucking walls if I want to. I just want to go off of, uh, uh, of what I was saying about earlier about McConaughey right. uh, being the method actor. According to Alexander Siddig, um, before McConaughey turned up on set for the first day of production, um, a, a runner came to the, the to the, the actor's area where Siddig was yeah. and said, look, 
Matthew McConaughey is going to be here soon, but none of you, none of you right. are to call him Matthew. You're all to call him Van Sam from now until way after production. If you see him out on the street, you call him Van San. You see him down at McDonald's, you call him Van San. He is not breaking character on or off screen. So everyone was just like, what the hell? So like you can just imagine there would have been that weirdness around around him on yeah, set, but yeah. I think it also it helps also carry works. his character. It does. It, it yeah. does. It does carry the character because, like like we said, Alexander Siddig, who plays AJ, uh, you know Bashir from Deep Space Nine, he's recognizable, but he gets like two, three bits of yeah. you know yeah. actual screen time, some dialogue. Where Van Sant, you fully remember him because even of just his stare, you know, just how dirty he is, and he sets up this whole dragon attack moment where he's got his helicopter team he's got his archangels they leap out the helicopter they um should we just clarify what, what's what's going on here yeah well <laughs> they're using these three waypoint sonar, systems yeah. to create a 3d map of the airspace above them yes so that the helicopter can fly above the dragon yeah so these troopers will jump out without parachutes to try and net and bring down the dragon yeah they have about 17 seconds life expectancy. Yeah, and I love the fact that the film kind of sets these people up. Like, they've done this a hundred times. Right. But then when they're in the helicopter, they're explaining to each other what they have to do. Yeah, I'm like, oh, these must be new. I'm like, yeah, these guys are, like, new. And, he, and because of dramatic, you know, circumstance with the movie, one of the, one of the three sonar things is kind of lost or, you know, kind of knocked out. He got eaten. Yeah, he got <laughs> eaten. Uh, because the dragon knew to go after him maybe yeah um and so fucking christian bell's got to go out and prove his worth on his horse and save the day with his sonar which allows them to see the dragon which allows them to obviously well the three archangels are killed and the dragon gets lured by christian bell on a horse right in the direction of van Sant's harpoon gun which then he spikes it and kills it i was like well Maybe they should have done that first <laughs> instead of chucking some people on a helicopter without parachutes. That's it. That's it. Like because... this one poor bastard, he's like, he's rushing to the ground and he's looking over his shoulder, the dragon swooping after him and he looks back down and pfft, yeah, the ground just there. hits the ground. I was like, oh man. Yeah, like. I was like, that's nasty. That's, that's what makes me think, like, how did you lose 110 men? Practice. You know, like, how have you killed dragons if. I, and I'm like, how many dragons are there and how many are you killing on a daily basis compared to how many men you're losing? This is it. This is it. Because the movie established at the start that there's thousands. They're like the whole fucking world's been covered by dragons. We the see four. I do like that the film also explains that so much time has passed. The dragons have eaten and turned everything into ash and they're starving now. And so there's instances where we see dragons fighting other dragons or yeah. eating them. But I also love that the dragons that we see, like their wings are tattered and broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like they've been scrapping yeah. and fighting for years as well. So yeah. I, I like the consistency there. I just, I just think that there should have been more. You know, if you're giving us this background, then should give us more dragons. Even if they don't actually interact with survivors, just have them fight in. You know, because when it does happen, like like the the, the lone bikist who's hoping Van Sant, when he gets killed, where did this dragon come from? How was it lured here? How come thousands of other dragons haven't followed this one? Right. Well, I guess this one was scouting for food. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they ultimately they do bring it down, and then you have some Jimi Hendrix um, music playing, and the whole castle is happy, and everybody's celebrating. But then Van Sant turns up, and he gets so pissed off, he lays down the law. Envy the country that has heroes, huh? I say pity the country that needs them. And I don't know, Christian Bale kind of 
likes that about him that he's not um, massively excited that he killed another dragon because in Van Zandt's eyes, there's just thousands more. I'm also just like, you know what, what an asshole. Like, they deserve this celebration. Like, they were, like, they, that's the first time they've ever seen a dragon get killed. And at the same time, Van Sam was the one who turned up and went, This is our plan. We're going to chuck our boys out of helicopter with a parachute. And I'm going to be pissed when you're angry when they're dead. I'm like, What is. Well, this is, this is it for me. The tone shifts so much in the movie. Like, They've told us, don't you know? Try to try to not make so much noise, but instead, at night time with the spotlights on, we're yeah. gonna play Jimmy Hendrix <laughs> really loud, and <laughs> <laughs> not learn more fucking dragons. Um, but Van San brings it upon himself to make a bit of a speech because he wants to go to London. He wants to kill the big male. Um, there's only females around the world. If they can kill this male, it will kill out the population. And Bale hates this as well because he doesn't want to see more people killed. Uh, like this. But it's also, he knows where the lair is. He knows where it's going to be because yeah. he was there when it when the outbreak is. So he, he's kind of got that PTSD about him, yeah. uh, which the, uh, the, the, the helicopter pilot, Isabella Skorupko, who plays Alex Jensen, who's the one who's just like... She she's obviously the new love interest for Quinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, we yeah. see that developing, but it it felt natural though. I I think the chemistry between the two the two character actors I think it worked. Um, but she could tell that there was something wrong, and she digs a little deeper to find out that it you know he's not over losing his mum in such a fashion, and also yeah. knowing how terrifying he how terrified he was when he was there, you know, as a child. So yeah. the idea of going back there would terrify you. Well, he still doesn't even go. Um, no. The first time, Van Sand takes this whole motley crew of his soldiers and whatever, you know, uh, of the survivors he can take. And they head off in their convoy. I like the fact that Alex is just like, I'm going to go off and scout for a little bit. So she fucks off. And that's when they get attacked by a dragon. Right. It's like, where the fuck were you? Um, Quinn's, you know, Quinn's off searching this other body. Like, it was quite a cool practical effect, actually. A, a prosthetic effect of a dragon corpse. You know, it looks like it's been eaten and clawed up. And so then he finds the egg. So I feel that that should have been like a whole extended sequence of him coming to realization about something to, with the dragons. Because where did this body come from? Um, because we have uh, we have the attack on the convoy and Van San out of everybody is the one survivor. It's a little bit of a trick of editing here because when the dragon fireball is coming at him and he throws himself backwards. Firing with a shotgun. Firing with a shotgun. Now, he should have hit the front of that truck or the car. Yeah. But somehow he ends up falling underneath and it. Sliding, it's yeah. sliding. It's sliding. How did you do that? And everybody else is killed. Everyone. Everybody everyone is, is incinerated. Yeah. It's like, well, what an idiot. Like, this man is an absolute idiot. I love his character, but his strategy here was, let's form a convoy, tightly packed. Yeah. Stop. And he... Stop in the middle of this area that we think is covered by dragons. And then, yeah. Absolute catastrophe. Killed. Yeah. So, uh, but of course, Papa Dragon, not too impressed with his measly offering of this convoy, flies all the way back to uh, where Quinn and his camp are. Was that the bull dragon, was I'm it? I'm pretty sure, yeah. See, because I always get confused of which dragon that is, because I get, the, I get the feeling it is the big dragon, but because we've got no... Uh, you know, there's only like one major shot in the movie where we see the big, massive dragon against a lot of the little ones. Yes, yeah, yeah. So we needed to establish this big one a, a few more times for it because when it does attack the castle 
like a bunch of people are killed and they get the survivors into the basement but it just like i said the lull in the movie just hasn't like the excitement the momentum's gone, gone. yeah the yeah. momentum's gone the excitement's gone i don't know the for me the visual obviously it's almost it's like a black and white image but for the fiery breath yeah and yeah of course yeah. like the pyrotechnics in this yeah. film were off the chart yeah like all the fire is real that's not cgi computer generated those are real fireballs um and they really lit up the set with those moments and so seeing the dragon there in the shadow projecting this fire yeah. I was like the and the wide shots i was like this is epic stuff yeah. looks fantastic so that really for me energized the movie the same when it attacks the keep you know and it's on the side of the building just breathing fire yeah, through yeah. the windows yeah just no. like that's amazing and that's sadly where we also lose creedy is he yeah. tries to go to help and ends up just shutting the door before the fire can burst into the rest of the room it's like ah well, that's what i mean for for me like it looks Looks brilliant, and the payoff should be really well that Christian Bell's just lost his really close friend. But we've got no real backstory between him and Creedy. We just know that they've been working together in this keep. So when he dies, I'm like, ah, oh. like I'd have probably felt worse if the little stepson that he'd had, sure, you know, because you know, Quinn had talked about this boy that he'd found at, at three years old and he's been raising him. They even have that little conflict of interest because the boy wants to leave with Van Sant and become a soldier, but Bale tries to stop him and then the, the kid doesn't go anyway because he actually realizes that Bale loves him so now Bale and Van Zandt and and Alex Jensen are all heading to London just the three of them you know they're gonna get in their helicopter and they're gonna fly down the coastline and they're gonna fly up the Thames and they do they they don't get accosted by a single dragon they they don't they don't see anything they literally just fly down the coast and they land bang like <laughs> a mile away from the big bull dragon i'm like well yeah i've got to wrap this film up quick i guess <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now i don't know much about military equipment no. but i do know that that helicopter was chosen that brand of helicopter because apparently it's the fastest in the world oh right, right so right. it does actually bear some reality in the fact that it may be able to outmaneuver or outspeed a, a dragon and i just want to bring up as well technically right yeah they're not dragons. No, okay. They're wyverns. Oh. Because wyverns have two legs and wings. Dragons ah, have four, four legs, legs and wings. Right. And these don't. These are more, more like bats. And the the animation yeah, team behind yeah, it yeah. actually based all of the movement on the wings and the body structure on bats as well. Yeah. So that's why the dragons move with a very natural look. Because they were based off real creatures that we, you know, we identify. We, we but they notice. just couldn't use the word wyvern. Well, no, because dragon sounds so much more so imposing, much more doesn't cool. it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do also just want to bring up now the uh, the special effects company in this film because sadly, this was their last one. Yeah. Uh, this was Dream Quest Images, also known as the the Secret Lab, and they were founded in 1979, and they worked on such amazing and iconic films as Escape from New York, E.T. Blade Runner, Gremlins, Short Circuit, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, 4, and 5, The Predator, The Lost Boys, Phantasm 2, The Abyss, Total Recall, Deep Rising, Planet of the Apes, Reign of Fire, and also Kangaroo Jack. I love Kangaroo Jack. That was actually their very last film that got put out. They were acquired by Disney in 1996. Right, yeah. Um, but then 
somehow kind of faltered. I think it was a dinosaur movie that they had to make. And, oh, uh, dinosaur, I think. Yeah, and I think Disney. that was what eventually killed uh, the, this uh, special effects company, which, like I said, their pedigree, their history. Now, I know there's lots of individuals that worked on the different ones, but yeah, as a yeah. company, yeah. it's just very sad to see them go after a legacy of amazing films. And, you know, honestly, I still think that their effects in Reign of Fire, it's over 20 years old I, now, it's still holding up. Yeah, I, th I think so, too. Because, it's like I said, when the film started, uh, when the review started, I, I, I feel excitement whenever I want to start to watch this movie. It's just the pacing, the tone, or, or something drags by the end. That By the end, I'm like... Hmm. I honestly also think that it may be down to the visuals of the film being just that grey, black and white yeah. colour palette almost the entire time. Yeah, Other than yeah. when there's fireballs, it's just all grey. Kind so of it's... a bit of like Terminator Salvation. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, it just always just feels so apocalyptic. But that... then when I think of a film like The Road... Yeah, but that yes. that film it's 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 oppressive in how dull and grey everything is. That film relies on you knowing like the that that the vibe of the post apocalyptic universe. Yeah. And so it rides that. Obviously there's no excitement of dragons. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, maybe I can understand why there is a like a, a, a an audience disconnect with this film after looking at a grey screen for the majority of the time. Yeah, despite how colourful the characters are. Well that's it, this whole final fight sequence should be just amazing and just over the top and a white knuckle ride but honestly they turn up in London you know and Van Sant's just like look I've got explosive tip arrows if we shoot him in the mouth we'll kill him it's like okay when do we do that well you know when he opens his mouth just to breathe fire and he mixes the two chemicals and you're like okay yeah well, what, we do it like then <laughs> Like, like, we'll do it like then, you know. I'll climb up on top of that tower and lure him in. You know, Alex Jensen, you're going to make a... Running, you're the bait. You're the bait, you know. And then if I miss, then you've got yours, Christian Bale. And Christian Bale's like, okay. And this whole final fight sequence should be massively exciting, but fucking McConaughey McConaughey misses, or he misses the timing. Uh, fuck, well, fucking Quinn's dropped his arrows, hasn't he? Right, yeah. Well, he was so like... he, he's got to go back and get his. And then you always remember, if you've ever seen Rain of Fire, you'll always remember this iconic shot of Matthew McConaughey jumping off the top of the fucking tower with his axe, ready to fucking hit the dragon. And the dragon swallows him whole. Well, actually, you see his arms and legs flailing as the dragon flies away. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, we see his axe he's, de he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. Now, I think it's actually great. Because, like, your expectation is that he's going to kill this dragon? No, it wasn't. But, no, no. And my expectation is because he's such a badass. But then the reality hits and he's eaten. And you're like, yeah, that's probably how it would go, actually. You know, so I love this, the, the setup and the expectation. And then the, you know, and then he's, then he's eaten. Yeah, but like, like, like you said, it's more like the Quint ending for Jaws. Yeah, but we don't know, get to relish it or, or, or to watch it. You no, know, he's you just, don't. he's carted off so quick. Yeah, it's you're like, ah, like, oh, okay. really? So it's satisfying. Also disappointing, you know, <laughs> which, which it shouldn't be. Shouldn't be that. It should be like, oh. But it, it feels like a trick, though, because that was so heavily featured in the promotional stuff. So, like, we wanted to see him throwing himself through the air, killing dragons, decapitating them. I don't know. Yeah. We don't get it. We feel yeah. robbed. We don't. We do. And then the dragon lands, and like he, the the big bull dragons are scared off all of the other females in London um, because it, it's eating them basically and raping them, I suppose, if it's having babies. Um, and so it's just literally him versus Quinn and he, Quinn gets his arrow and he lines up the shot and he nails it in the mouth. Yeah. And it blows up. And it blows up. And you're Yay. like, okay. And then he has his little final moment where he's building a fucking cell tower. 
Well, yeah, it cuts to the out. it cuts to the future a little bit, and it's yeah. like, yeah, all the dragons are gone. We haven't seen one now in like three years, so guess it worked. And then they start getting communications from other pockets of yeah. humanity, and it's like, oh, there's people in in France still yeah. alive. Oh, they're speaking French, yay! But that's what I mean. The ending comes along, and I'm like, oh, it's over. Hmm. Am I glad Rain and Fire is over? Like, I wasn't enjoying it towards the end anyway. Well, what's the problem? They're speaking French. <laughs> but don't come to me, I'm lousy at French. Well, Ian, what were your favourite scenes from Rain of Fire? Um, I think a lot of them were mainly just the dragon stuff. You know, when they were out on screen, they looked really, really good. Um, I know that they could have looked better, but I also think that works in the movie's favour as well, that it... it you know, it's not a bad movie. It's not a, It's not the worst dragon movie I've ever seen, but it's not the best, and it could be, but it's just missing. But those, those few dragon shots, you know, the convoy attack with Van Sand, the, the, the helicopter attack where he eats the Archangels, even when it comes up along the side of the, the keep and breathes fire, all those shots look really great. Um, now, I suppose, if you'd asked me like 20 years ago, I probably wouldn't have said this, but now I've seen more stuff by Bale and Matthew McConaughey I'd say a lot of their 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 sequences. Oh yeah. You know they work really well as their characters, making you believe in this world and what they've seen and what they've done, even though you know it's not true. They're pivotal, I think, in grounding it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said with the the the, the fist fight sequence between the two of them. You know when when McConaughey's like, yes, we want that hatred. Yeah. It's not that he wants he doesn't want to fight Bale, but he wants Bale to fight because that's what he needs. He needs soldiers to help kill him and killed this dragon um so yeah yeah that's cool yeah I, I totally agree with you all of the dragon spectacle scenes in the film are marvelous to look at now i know that the color palette put some people off but i think they're very appropriate for an ash covered world yeah uh, and the scenes with the dragon destroying the convoy the way it swoops around the sound effects the shadows the lighting i really like it and of course the scene with the dragon on the side of the keep breathing fire at it i think it looks explosive and, and fantastic and the scene in the tomato farm when the dragon flies yes. over and yeah. scoops that guy up uh, really, really fantastic moments. I really like the opening sequence, the montage, uh, explaining and you know how they nuked everything, how dinosaurs were wiped out by these dragons at one point. Uh, I really like the lore and the consistency uh, throughout the film in maintaining that lore too. Yeah. I really like the Star Wars reenactment moment. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, uh, it's vital that in the post-apocalyptic world, the kids still understand and know Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The magic hour speech, the whole the f the first interaction between Quinn and Van San, where he's got the dragon tooth and he explains how he's killed the dragon. It's it's a good monologue, and yeah. I think he holds the screen so well, he sells his character well. So you build up the anticipation for that epic shot where he throws himself off the tower just to get Eden. <laughs> and do you recommend Rain of Fire? Um, I kind of recommend it I, I suppose I was I was sat here thinking do I recommend it or not and to me it's like one of those 1950s 1960s kind of old sci-fi movies you know that like like the script isn't great the acting's not great but the monsters kind of look cool you know and by the end of it you're kind of happy that you wasted two hours watching this movie but you really should have been doing something else um it's not the greatest performances from Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey, but you can see where they would go from here to do bigger, better roles. And yeah, okay, you know, they've done some serious stuff in movies that you question why they are such good method actors. 
But then you look at something like this, which would never have lasted without two big names on the front of it. The movie is marketed to you that it's all about dragons and fighting, and there's not a lot of that in it. But the few bits it has work. For sure. Well, I'm definitely going to be recommending Reign of Fire. It may just be the only post-apocalyptic dark fantasy about dragons. Yeah. The real stars here, though, are Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey, who really capture their characters. You actually care for Quinn and the bleak world uh, he inhabits while contemplating the futility of survival, while Van San is fascinating in his insanity. Both very gripping with a good supporting cast. The effects, for the most part, hold up well. Over 20 years later, incredible and realistic animations created a believable dragon which made for some fantastic action scenes that were well shot with great lighting during the pyrotechnic explosions. The music was decent. It wasn't distracting nor memorable, but it created a good sense of grandeur for the beasts. Only real complaints for the film is that there weren't enough dragon moments for a near two-hour film, and some of the dialogue can feel a little bit out of place. The character-driven stuff slightly dull with various slow-paced moments. All in all, though, I think the film is worth a watch. It tonally nails the post-apocalyptic vibe. The effects are great, and the performances memorable. Fight fire with fire! <laughs> Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.